Chapter Twenty Seven of A King in Babylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A King in Babylon by Burton Egbert Stevenson. Chapter Twenty Seven. If the natives had seen us, they would have been more certain than ever there were ghosts abroad. For from a distance we must have had a sufficiently weird look as we set out across the sand Close up we were ridiculous rather than weird with nothing on but shoes and pajamas And as we looked at each other the tension with which we had started out from the shadow of the trees suddenly relaxed The ghosts will run at the first glimpse of us laughed Creel. They'll be scared to death. They'll be out ghosted That wouldn't be so bad for a comedy reel Billy the ghosts scared out of their wits by the people they're trying to frighten Davis laughed grimly and we plodded on in silence I suppose Creel was turning the idea over in his mind for he chuckled softly once or twice And then we were at the edge of the ruins and clambered up the first of the mounds which topped the excavation I don't know what I expected to see there a dance macabre or some such horror perhaps and I strained my eyes from end to end of it at a single glance But it lay white and empty in the moonlight no ghost there said Creel Suppose we take a look at the tomb and he started down the stair The black entrance to the tomb seemed to me unspeakably sinister and threatening But Davis switched on his torch and he and Creel stepped through without hesitation I followed wondering if they really were as fearless as they seemed or if their knees were secretly knocking together as mine were Davis cast the beam of light about the outer chamber and I saw that it was piled with the debris of the wall Which had masked the entrance to the corridor. I had to take down nearly all of it before I could get the coffin out He said it was a hard job How about the roof Creel asked? I think it will hold said Davis and threw the light up over it. Hello There's an ugly crack it was an ugly one running from side to side across the chamber I'd hate to be in here when that came down said Creel or in the inner tomb it would mean burial alive for certain Davis was examining the crack attentively the wall was built to brace the roof more than I thought it would be he said The Egyptians must have foreseen the possibility of great masses of sand being heaped above it and provided in this way for the extra weight but I don't think it will come down not for a while anyway of course I could build the wall up again But that would be an awful bother still it might be worthwhile if only to preserve the place If you're going to work in here at all said Creel you ought certainly to do it unless you're tired of living I'm not sure I want to go in even for a minute Nonsense said Davis it won't fall unless something shakes it and he stepped forward into the corridor and then he stopped suddenly and held up his hand wait he said listen we listened with bated breath but not a sound broke the stillness of the tomb what was it you heard asked creel at last i don't know davis answered hesitatingly perhaps it wasn't anything but it seemed to me there was a sort of rustling like a woman's dress i said i know it's in there nonsense said davis again and went resolutely forward I don't believe I should have followed if Creel hadn't been behind me pressing me on I knew what was in there I knew what we should see 
and every step required an effort of will for my feet were like lead and then my heart leaped suffocatingly for davis gave a sudden sharp cry as the torch was dashed from his hand and fell clattering to the floor and the next instant something brushed past me with a rush of air and a flicker as of wings davis was fumbling around on the floor swearing softly to himself and then something clutched my arm it's only me said creel's voice and then in a lower tone did you feel it yes i said something that rushed past yes and then the light shot out again come along you fellows davis called what are you standing there whispering about billy and i were comparing notes on the ghost said creel what did it look like you must have seen it i saw nothing said davis sharply there wasn't anything to see i suppose you just dropped the torch said creel let me see the back of your hand he turned davis's hand over and directed the light of the torch upon it across the knuckles was a livid wheel just like mine he said no doubt that same stone fell out again davis snorted i struck my hand against the corner of that pillar he said what was it brushed past us there wasn't anything brushed past us yes there was i felt it so did billy it darted past with a rush of air and then suddenly davis threw back his head and laughed i remember now he said i did see the ghost caught just a glimpse of it before the light went out well creel demanded well said davis it was flying around the pillars and it looked to me uncommonly like a bat it may of course have been a ghost in disguise creel and i looked at each other a little sheepishly i wasn't convinced i was sure creel wasn't either but we pretended we were that seemed the only thing to do i guess that's another one on us billy said creel and looked around the tomb but where is that man allen davis was sweeping it with his shaft of light he isn't here he said i'll wager he stopped again and this time we all heard the sound a soft and regular breathing by a common impulse we tiptoed forward and there on the bottom of the great sarcophagus was jimmy allen he was lying on his side his head pillowed on his arm and sleeping as calmly as any infant it was creel who got his voice first well i'll be damned he said softly he is crazy to come over here alone he wasn't alone i burst in unable to pretend any longer that wasn't a bat we felt i know it wasn't davis snorted impatiently but creel stood biting his lips and staring down at the sleeping man that only makes it worse he pointed out at last i agreed with him and just then jimmy stirred and opened his eyes and smiled calmly up at us hello fellas he said precisely as he had once before on this very spot what are you doing here we were looking for you answered creel savagely what do you mean by such a fool caper oh said jimmy i thought i would see how it felt to sleep in this tomb again again echoed creel i spent a night here some four thousand years ago said jimmy alone oh no and he glanced at the rear wall i had company then just as i had tonight look here jimmy creel blurted out of course it's none of my business and i don't take any high moral stand but i think you ought to cut it assignations in tombs are hardly decent what do you mean demanded jimmy sharply oh we didn't see her said creel she was too quick for us she knocked the torch out of davis's hand and bolted no she didn't said jimmy she's still back there put your ear against the wall and you can hear her 
Davis, with a strange glance at him, went to the back wall and placed an ear against it. There was something in his face which drew Creel and me to his side. There is undoubtedly a noise in there, he said, and Creel and I laid each an ear to the wall and listened with bated breath. For a moment I heard nothing, and then there came a faint tap-tapping. I could fancy a tiny fist beating against the stones, beating for forty centuries, and I found myself turning a little giddy. It must be some stones dropping out of the roof, said Davis. It is Tina knocking to get out, said Jimmy, just as she did the first night. I told you she hasn't died, but was waiting and hoping and beating against the wall. He was sitting up in the sarcophagus and looked around at our startled faces with a mocking smile. Tina? echoed Davis. Was that her name? It was my name for her. It sounds suspiciously modern, Creel commented. I'm afraid your imagination is running dry, Jimmy. Oh, no, said Davis quietly. Tina is an Egyptian name. There's a record of the family of Pet Baal, a priest in the Temple of Amen, and one of the daughters was named Tina. She knows I'm here, continued Jimmy. She sensed it somehow as soon as I entered. She's aching to get at me. Love? queried Davis. Oh, no, said Jimmy coolly. The reverse. I don't blame her. She was only nineteen when I walled her up in there, but if she did get out, I would be in for a pretty strenuous time. Davis strode over to Jimmy, his eyes gleaming with exasperation. Look here, Alan, he said sternly. Do you expect me to believe this nonsense? Oh, do as you please, said Jimmy with a shrug. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. You're speaking seriously. Entirely so. You mean to tell me that whoever or whatever it was that was walled up in that tomb has survived for four thousand years? You believe in the immortality of the soul, don't you? Yes, but the soul doesn't waste forty centuries hanging around the place where the body is buried. It's out in the universe seeking new adventures. Anyway, how could a soul knock against a stone wall? I don't precisely know, answered Jimmy meditatively. You see, all that sort of knowledge has somehow slipped away from me. But it seems to me I've heard of souls rapping against tables and things. Rubbish, said Davis, and abandoned an argument which plainly led nowhere, and rejoined us at the wall. It doesn't sound like stones dropping out, commented Creel. It's too quick and regular. It sounds like nothing, I said, except a hand hammering to get out. It starts in slowly, and then quickens, and then stops for a while as though to get breath, and then starts in again. It's an Egyptian trick of some sort, said Davis impatiently. A pendulum arrangement, perhaps, set in motion by a current of air. They were experts at such tricks. Their temples were full of them. We'll see for ourselves tomorrow. Oh, said Jimmy suddenly, standing up and looking at Davis, his eyes intent. You're going in there tomorrow, are you? I certainly am, snapped Davis, and none of your cock-and-bull stories will stop me. I'm not trying to stop you, said Jimmy. I'm not afraid. Haven't I told you I would never be afraid again? But if you're going to let her out, I've got to get ready. And he clambered slowly out of the sarcophagus. I saw that he was attired only in his pajamas, and that his feet were bare. Didn't you wait to put on your shoes? asked Creel. One doesn't need them in the sand, said Jimmy. Are you ready to go back? All right, come along. As he turned toward the passage, I could have sworn that the beating against the wall increased in fury as though the prisoner in the tomb raged at being balked of its prey. 
Jimmy must have heard it too for he smiled back over his shoulder Revoir Tina he cried don't worry you'll see me tomorrow and then from in front of us came the crash of falling masonry Good God cried Creel the roof a moment later Davis's torch was playing over the pile of debris which half blocked the entrance We can just get past he said but move carefully and he squeezed through into the outer chamber that was a near thing he added when we stood beside him and he threw the light over the fissure in the roof from which the stones had fallen there's the bat he cried and i saw its gray shape flit across the ceiling and disappear in the darkness of the corridor perhaps you'll still talk to me of ghosts he added grimly jimmy laughed have they been talking of ghosts he asked they have been scared to death snapped davis by shadows by clouds and by a bat I'm glad to see that you at least have got some nerve left Jimmy laughed again Better than that he drawled. I haven't any left. I have said goodbye to nerves forever He stretched his arms high above his head and yawned tremendously Davis glanced at him then he turned his light back again to the crumbling roof I'm afraid I'll have to brace it up tomorrow before I go to work in there. He said awful waste of time why not let well enough alone Davis asked Creel impulsively you've got the coffin and the king's mummy that ought to be glory enough But I haven't solved the mystery snapped Davis. Do you suppose I could rest content with anything less than that? Do you suppose I want to spend the rest of my life damning myself for a coward? Of course you don't said Jimmy quietly play the game. That's right. That's what we all must do and he led the way into the outer air Silently we crossed the sand back to the oasis as we neared it the weird chant from the native camp floated again to our ears End of chapter 27